podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The boys are back in town. We are joined once again by Matt and Paul. Hello. Hello. All right, lads. Yeah, we're delighted to be back in uh, your company, Andy. Yeah, you sound it. Yeah, all good. Um, I think we're, it's important to, to note that we, we wanted to come together and address the sort of special circumstances surrounding the football season, but there will be another podcast coming out very shortly that addresses the recent absences that we've we've had, putting something out there about that. You say the football season, but... The end of the football season. Not, not much left of it. Well, before, nothing left of it well, is before, gone. Yeah, before we jump into that, because on the last podcast, I did think I said to you afterwards, I was like, we haven't even really talked about it, but it's been it's been bubbling away in the background, and uh, it felt like we just ignored it. But we've kind of known this is going to happen for a long time. And we were talking about how excited we were to go on a European adventure to Cardiff. Oh yeah, and that's not happening. Yeah, that isn't happening anymore, is it? No. What are we doing instead? I'm working now. I'm editing this. Not I'm great. A, I'm at a wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. Who's getting wed? Is that sarcasm? No. Nope. It sounded like. Oh, one it. of my oldest and dearest friends. How old is he? 35. Oh, that's not that old. And he's really expensive. It's obviously, you know, it's easy to joke about coronavirus or not be serious, but it is, it's unprecedented. So what do we, what do we do? And no one, no one really knows what to do. Everyone's sort of panicking everywhere. I think it's very straightforward to be lighthearted about it because at the moment, it hasn't affected anyone in a significant way that's really dear to us. And as soon as that does happen, and this is what I think a lot of people, it's getting a bit political, but people were saying that about, about Trump and other, and other people that he can make certain comments. However, once they've been directly affected, it may impact further the way that they view the situation. However, it's cancelled all the sport. I was in a public house today and they, they were showing skiing. Well, that's carrying on, is it? Yeah. Is that because they wear helmets and goggles? It's because it's too cold there for the virus to thrive. You know, Is that per- true? Yep. Why don't we all just go to... No, the- it's not true. It can't be. <laughs> didn't, 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 isn't the biggest outbreak in Europe in the Alpine region of Italy? Correct. And in the very cold bits of Iran. Right. Which isn't in Europe, but that, I mean, another cold area. But that doesn't answer why the skiing's still on. Might have been a repeat. <laughs> it probably was. That's what I'd show on Sky Sports. Are any of you going to uh, hand in your Sky Sports pass? May as well get a few months free, not paying for it. No, because I pay a really reduced rate. So if I cancel it and I have to pay the full price afterwards, it's not going to have been worth it. Andy? You know one person who's going to be all right with this coronavirus thing, don't you? Go on. Kiko Garcia. Why? He won't catch it, would he? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of panic around now. There is a lot of panic because I think we're wading into uncharted waters this isn't something that we've faced as a local or wider or global community. Um, or It's not a situation that we've addressed in this manner. Not really in living memory. If you think about it, every time this sort of thing has happened in the past, it's been without any sort of technology, without loads of global travel. It's really is kind of like you say, new ground. And um, it's like watching the start of a Black Mirror episode. So one person who's not going into uh, uncharted waters. Go on. Me. Oh, yeah. I was meant to have bloody Lanzarote on Friday. What a shame. Not anymore. I'm sure you'll get there eventually, mate. It'll be fine. Well, at least you can watch the Luton game now. Well, I can't, can I? Oh, yeah, sorry. That, yeah, that's the thing. So the next game is going to be um, Blackburn away on the 3rd of April. Well, that's the next scheduled one. Do we think it'll happen? <laughs> Not I feel a like chance. You, I feel like you should say 
the third of April. Wink, wink. Well, yeah. Kind of why? Are, why have they only delayed it till the third of April? That doesn't make any sense. In fairness, they've said the third of April. They didn't say which year. That's true. I think they've delayed it until then to buy themselves the time to actually think and come up with a coherent strategy as a group. Well, if they do come up with a coherent strategy, the EFL in particular, could you imagine Sean Harvey trying to do that a year ago? Well, let's be thankful for small mercies, I guess. Obviously, it's pure speculation. Everyone's been speculating online over the last couple of days. We have no idea what's going to happen. The theories are the league could be void. We could go up as champions and the Premier League play with 22 teams next year what do we what do we think i think we've got to finish the season whatever happens so and just be grateful that we saw the best goal ever scored um in our final home game against huddersfield bamford yeah that yeah it was a great goal that wasn't it i think they've done the right thing in suspending football i would have been really quite annoyed if we'd have gone behind closed doors because i just think that that was pointless but i think that we've just got to deal with coronavirus because it's a far bigger issue than anything else that anybody's really got on their plate at the moment and then once that's out of the way finish the season, then worry about next season. Do you know what is really stupid, though, with all this sports stuff going on, yeah? Like, they, they now, they can't shake hands now, it's touch your elbows. Well, um, they, that, that's because they're not playing. No, but I, so I, a, a lot of people know I work in rugby. Uh, now, we go. they're talking, before okay. you can't shake hands, you've got to touch elbows, yeah? But then for 80 minutes, they can wrestle and, like, attack each other and, like, rub hands each other's face and kick 10 bells out of each other. Fondle but, each other. That's but, what they do in rugby, isn't it? But you can't shake hands. Wrong rugby. You know what I mean, though. It's like I, I get not from next week, though, because as of print, there are no there are no bans on mass gatherings in this country. But I think as of next week, it's coming in. It's coming in. It's impending. It's all staggered and staged. So yeah, it's worth saying at the time of this going out, things could have already changed. We don't even know where we're going to be at this point. Where they will have already changed, I think. Won't yeah, they? definitely. So we're currently post. Boris's big announcement about being in the delay stage. Flattening the curve. Flattening the sombrero. Uh, we're pre-UEFA cancelling, uh, postponing the Euros by a year. Yeah. Do we think that's going to happen? It's got to. If Inevitable, isn't it? We want it to happen if we want the league to be extended, don't we? That's true. Although I've, I've, I kind of feel like this is going to be going on for longer than that. Mm. I think what when's the Euro 2020 final and sort of mid-July? Mid-July 2021, isn't it? Mid-July 2020 as it stands. I think that we're still going to be in the same situation. We're not going to be playing any football. I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, really, but and it wouldn't surprise me. And if we're not playing football, that's just one of the problems in society. You think, what else has paused? Like where Where is industry going to be? Like, where, you know, outside of this, what's, you know, there's going to be a lot of other problems. Every- I, I see it how, unfortunately, how Matt doesn't want it to go, that the, the easiest solution to getting the season finished is to do the behind-closed-doors bit, and still in a delayed bit, but putting those fixtures in a certain block, get it done and closed off to avoid the legal bit. Is there any is there any value in doing the old cricket Duckworth-Lewis thing? But I, th- I think, which is what we don't all fully know, is they have to refer to the rule book, see what's already written. If if there's nothing explicitly written, and bear in mind that we've played this, we've played eighty percent of the games, but the Premier League is far less than that. So people have banded about a certain percentage of games to be completed. So that makes it messy anyway, because we are the Premier League aren't the Premier League are a closed club that have to invite members in. It's very messy. 
So the only way to to do it without the mess is to complete the season. Yeah, I agree with that. But I don't I don't really see why we would do it behind closed doors. Because if if they are trying to avoid the mass gatherings of people, but, but they're not. That's not why football has been cancelled. It's been because they haven't been told to cancel because of mass gatherings. The government were happy for them to go ahead this weekend. It's been cancelled because people in football had got the virus. But in a and future, only a, only a small number of them. There in, could be many more in months to come. In, in a future stage where we're past the top of the sombrero, there may be a point whereby they deem it sensible in order to get the fixtures completed, but not to further inflate yeah, the it's, numbers. It's possible, but I don't, I don't think... I think if we're past the peak and people in football are generally healthy enough to resume football, then they'll be, they'll be fine with resuming mass gatherings because they'll want it to go back to normal as quickly as possible. If they're going to do behind closed doors, they can't tell anyone where those doors are because 35,000 people just rock up as well. Well, especially if it's um, if it's a game that means something and for us means promotion potentially. Basically, it's a horrible mess. It is a horrible mess and I think that's why they need to clean up the mess however long that takes and it could be a long, long time and then think about football. I think they should let Jurgen Klopp decide. Uh, I wouldn't be against that. He talks a lot of sense. What did he say? I liked uh, I liked Jurgen's line that football is. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Do the accent. I can't do Jurgen. I don't even know what he sounds like. Football. He said football. Football is the most important of the unimportant things. I think football is the most important of the not important things. Is he Ugandan? <laughs> Ugandan. There was a bit of French in there. That, that would make sense. That was Andy doing that accent. But yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right, though. I think nobody can argue that football is more important than all of these other massive global macro things that we're dealing with. It isn't, it isn't. I've got to go shopping centres now on Saturdays. But the the thing, the interesting thing is, though, how high up... There won't be a shopping centre. Have you noticed how high up the news agenda football has been throughout this whole crisis? It's like I heard a news bulletin the other day which didn't lead with how many more cases of coronavirus there'd been. It didn't lead with how many more deaths there'd been. didn't lead with the government's advice. didn't lead with the World Health Organization's, Organization's advice. It led with football has been cancelled. There's a few people saying, why on earth are they um, announcing uh, players with coronavirus like it's transfer deadline day? <laughs> well, that, that's all Sky will have left in it. Exactly. Eventually. James, we don't have a game to talk about, but what do people in the Twitterverse fancy us having a chat about? So yeah, we asked the question, what do you want us to talk about? And a few people have replied to us. We haven't even missed a game yet. And we're still, we're already talking about what to talk about in the absence of football. Fairly sure we're going to miss a game. We haven't missed one yet. Anyone got the team news? Kiko's out. Same team, mate. Right. So DB underscore Kahuna. He says, just go over the last three years and how Bielsa rollercoaster has changed your relationship with the club. I know how it hasn't changed Matt's relationship with the club. He's still going to renew on deadline day. Yeah. That's a that's a tradition. We've got honking geese. I'll close the door. <laughs> I like the honking geese. That's a nice touch. Old McMatthew had a farm. <laughs> E-I-E-I-O. Up the football league we go though, Matthew. I think Marcelo Bielsa's reign has changed things in three main ways. One, it's harder to park at Elland Road. Two, it's much more difficult to get into the pavilion before the game. And three, it's more difficult to get away tickets. But you've got an away season ticket. <laughs> I know, but I have to go to every game on my own because none of you lot can get tickets. That's and, true. And even when you can, you don't. Do you think I've Marcelo... Got, I've got a ticket for tomorrow. So my fault there's a pandemic going on. Do you, would you say Marcelo Bielsa has created a revolution the same significance as Howard Wilkinson? Not yet. 
He's laid the foundations, though. Yeah, definitely. But I think Wilco's still looking at the facts. He's slightly higher. I mean, he won a league championship, for goodness sake. Bielsa might still do that. Yeah, he might. But so, you know, we're talking about the future. As it stands now, then Wilkinson's revolution was far bigger than what we've experienced so far. No, I agree. But I think there's definite parallels that you can make. Yeah, definitely. Well, of course there are. If you look at the, the youth infrastructure, for example. Yeah, and... The fact that he's made us competitive in the second division. I remember um, in the document, well, in the film, Do You Want to Win? And uh, Howard Wilkinson said it was all about changing the city, wasn't it? He didn't say it was about changing just the, the players and making them win. It was kind of like, how could he install a certain character in everyone? And I feel like that's what Bales has done. He's turned pawns into kings. He's just, I just love him. He's amazing, isn't he? What a great, what a great top bloke he is. And he's exactly the sort of person that we needed you know like we'd always has had people coming to Leeds and to take the job because it was like oh they they wanted to manage Leeds Bielsa kind of did all of his homework on the club the city and he wanted to come somewhere knowing that he's someone who takes something that everyone else has written off and turns it into gold basically and he's he's, he's picked us out and he's he's done that yeah and someone on the internet said that he likes to go to places where he's restricted mm. in the player's that he can have so he managed Chile and Argentina who could only play um, players of that, those nationalities he went to um, I don't like, like Argentinians you like that messy fella and that like Stuta fella true but you, you know you're still restricted Pochettino then he went to Athletic Bilbao he could only have Basque players came to Leeds he could only have crap players and that's basically how it worked and it, he's basically proven that <laughs> it's his he's proven that it's his um, coaching which is making the difference and we all know we've all seen that happen we've watched Heckingbottom's team essentially turn up against Stoke that first game that Bielsa was in charge and look like a totally different side same players different side Jez Mondo um, I don't know if we've got any of these but we'll give it a go um, I love hearing about inside stories at the club that we wouldn't normally hear, old and new, i.e. real reasons players leave, bus ups, contract arguments, good things players do in the community, etc. I'll we tell you what, Jesmondo, we've got a cracking interview with David Weatherall coming out soon, so if you listen out for that, or listen back to any of our previous podcasts with Jermaine Beckford, Hayden Evans. part two will be coming up with Hayden very soon. Um, those are your people that you want to be listening to. I'll tell you what, I'm really looking forward to part three with Hayden. I know what you mean. It's going to be really good. He's going to be someone who's got a bit of time on his hands, isn't he? But do we have any inside stories? Let's just. You were talking no. to uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell at the Player of the Year Awards last year, Andy. Was I? Yes, you were. You were chewing his ear off. What were you saying to him? I love you, Bailey. What were you saying to him? I can't remember. You're telling him that he should have been nominated for Young Player of the Year. Yeah, he was. Was I? Yeah. Was I piping him? <laughs> In fairness, he should have been. Did you fall out with Jonathan Douglas as well? No, nah, he fell out with me. He didn't fall out with Jonathan Douglas, but he bored him to death. <laughs> well, on that note, anyway. Um, Bailey Peacock Farrell should have been Young Player of the Year. All right, moving on. Player of the Year awards, will they even happen this year? They're not going to happen, are they? Well, they'll happen at the end of the season, whenever that is. So not this year, then. Who do you think it'll be? Good question. Who's your Player of the Year so far, Andy? It's either the Cookstown Cafu, Stuart Dallas, or... Good shout. Or Matthias Click, Click, boom! Matthias Click is mine, I think. Just ahead of Jack Harrison, Stuart Dallas. It's impossible to pick. And Ben White. Paul? One of them can have it. <laughs> Do you know what? That shout for Stuart Dallas is brilliant because 
He's so understated, but the role he plays in the team is is phenomenal. He's been and, one of our most consistent players for sure. And and all of those players at one time or another, just about, have been written off by a large section of the fans. Name me a player that hasn't. Liam Cooper. <laughs> Name me a player that actually hasn't. Ben White. Yeah, probably Ben White, but yeah. that's not true. Ben White was written off before he was accepted. Yeah. Ben White. He was ben never White. he was never going to be as good as Pontus. Next. Pablo Hernandez. He's been written off a few times about being old. old and passed in. Then he scores winners, doesn't he? Wasn't brilliant in his first season. Well, he, he was good, but he wasn't as good as he became. Anyway, sorry, go on, James. Greatest non-leads that moments, i.e. those moments when the planets lined and everything just went our way. That's from LUFC Danish. Cheers, Hans. I think I think it's hard because uh, Hans put in his message about the Bristol game and that's, <laughs> that's absolutely it, isn't it? When, you, when you're that dead and buried. I think we were having a non-leads that moment before the season got postponed, suspended, because we'd post-Christmas, we're in the business end of the season where we traditionally fall apart and we'd won five in a row and not conceded a goal. Yeah, but we did have a, we did have a post-Christmas meltdown still. Yeah, but we fixed it. Yeah, it's un, unusual for us to be in this good form, which is why it's so frustrating that this has happened at this time. I read today that Bielsa's got them all in training. All the other clubs have had uh, a few days holiday, haven't yeah. they? And he's got them in. I think some clubs have been giving them 10 days off or something. I don't know what they're going to do with it because they can't go abroad. He's got them doing 11 versus 11 leads on leads. I'm just terrified of injuries. Doesn't matter. They've got a year to repair. James, you had a good one for this. Yeah, it feels like the planets aligned for us when George Graham left all those moons ago. And uh, around that time as well, Hasselbank left. I think you said uh, it was on the last day of the season, wasn't it? And I, and I remember as a kid just thinking, oh, what the hell are we going to do this season? We're going to be absolutely awful. And I'd got a season ticket around that time as well. And it was just a massive unknown. And then up stepped O'Leary. I think we weren't even after O'Leary at the time either. We were after, he, he sort of took us took the reins, but we were after Martin O'Neill for a yeah. long time. And the Leicester fans held up those yeah. banners, don't go Martin. Yeah. Um, we, were yeah. we were trying to double swoop. It was Heskey and Martin O'Neill we were after. We've I think Bridges and O'Leary. I think that is a really good um, example because Hasselbank left the, on the eve of the 99-2000 season and he thought, well, that's it. You know, we've lost our top striker. How what, how are we going to do now? And actually it was our best season in the Premier League, our best finished third that season. That's when we qualified for the Champions League. And actually, people think that we've replaced him with Michael Bridges, but we actually spent the money on Darren Huckabee. My dad would chuff when Hasselbank left. Cost a fortune get his name put on the back of his shirt, didn't it? I know, but at letter. least it was only one number. A lot of people used to get Jimmy, but I was like, Hassel Bayank. Well, that's a, that's another story altogether, but how frustrating is it that he used to have Jimmy on the back of his shirt and the league said that wasn't allowed? Do you remember Shouty Old Man when... Hasselbank used to come back with Chelsea. Yeah. Waving money at he him. Used to get a 20 pound, Jimmy! 20 pound note out of his wallet and start waving it at him. Another question from David Smith. Who has the best hair in the squad? I like to think I've got the best hair out of us four. Well, we've all got hair, which is a, a good. Uh, yeah, that's good. We're in our 30s, still got it. Yeah, that's at least one we've got over on the square ball. <laughs> <laughs> the square bald. Uh, you, you keep going on about. Matthias Click's hair. Oh, it's outstanding. You've got a big man crush on him. I am absolutely in love. Player of the season, hair of the season, goal of the season? Nah. Who are you giving that to? Luke Aylin. Luke Aylin seconded. For his deflection against Hull. 
Nah, mate. That deflection against Hull, though, looked brilliant from the stands because you couldn't tell it had been deflected. So at that moment, it was probably goal of the season. But when you watch it back on TV, not as good. He's the new batty, isn't he? When he's like got the ball quite far out from the box, you just shout, shoot now. And he, and he's clearly practising it as per the uh, training ground routine that they put out on uh, on Twitter. Oh, yeah, that was good. Did someone actually write in and say they wanted us to discuss who's got the best hair in the squad? Yeah, and for my money, it's Patrick Bamford. No. Nicely quaffered. Yeah, fair play. No, you're wrong. It's Matthias Click still. <laughs> I'm going Pablo Hernandez. I think Jack Harrison's are quite sharp. Yeah, but Matthias Click is pristine, isn't it? Yeah, but Hernandez, double fringe. Right, Iggy Bertrand has said hand-washing techniques and the hey, top ten and the top ten sanitizers. Is that the name of a band? Hand-washing techniques and the ten best hand... Well, I think we can skip the ten best hand sanitizers because there's none left. So That's true. Soap. Soap and water. I did see somebody had posted the hand-washing chart, routine, diagram, whatever you want to call it, and um, put the March on Together lyrics to it. So you could wash your hands and sing March on Together. There's worse things to say. Wash sing. our hands together. Yeah. I was at a toilet today and a man didn't wash his hands after. I just thought... Was it you? What? No, it wasn't. I thought, what a world we're living in. Why are we just in a cubicle with a man? I was at the urinals. Staring at him, washing his hands, judging him. He um, didn't wash his hands. That's why he creeped out and did a runner. I'd be scared if someone was staring at me. So, Martin Haywood, he said, developing Ellen Road after promotion. I mean, we're never going to get promoted, are we? When I was out with a friend earlier on, I was talking about the floodlights and how they need to be uh, they have to be improved in order to be allowed into the Premier League, don't they? Yeah, because um, of the 4K Sky broadcast. Is that the reason? Yeah. Haven't we already got um, permission for those anyway? Yeah, we've got permission. Hang on, for the 4K Sky broadcast, you can watch Ultra HD on Sky now anyway, can't you? In Championship. We don't get the Ultra HD. Oh, we do in uh, in mine. Championship, Championship gets it now. Are you sure it's shown in Ultra HD? They yeah. don't show the Leeds home games. They do. Oh, the home games. Yeah. How come it's like you can see that in Bristol then? They must have the right floodlights. How come York get them? I don't know. but that York City have got <laughs> Ultra HD on Sky. As yeah. far as I know, that's the reason. Yeovil Town have. Otherwise they get flickering if they uh, use the 4K cameras or the oh, wrong right. floodlights. There you go. You got an insight, whoever it was previously How, wanted an insider knowledge. However, those floodlights, I don't know if you've seen the artist impression of them, they just look like bog standard. They look crap let's be honest i would love them to bring back those amazing diamond tallest floodlights in the world lights in the corners of the stadium i love the ones that um headingly cricket at yorkshire roses well the diamond ones could probably light up headingly as well yeah that's true that's true so if if we were going to develop Allen road there's that we'd obviously want the queuing in the cop sorted yeah. i reckon he wanted us to talk stands though what's the next stand due for development well, it's the West Stand in it, obviously. There you go. I'd also love them to build the, the South Stand over Elland Road. So that Elland Road ran under the stand. I think that would look really cool. Do you remember when Ken Bates was talking about having the ground turned sort of sideways and pushing them out? And yeah, I mean, with hindsight, maybe we didn't. We don't need hindsight, but with hindsight, he had some strange ideas, didn't he, that man? He also wanted to build a nightclub there. So another one we've got. Go on. Riot Badger. Cheers for this, mate. Uh, fan superstitions on match days. I have to go through the right-hand turnstile and up the right-hand side of the steps to the cop, or we lose. That's not true, because I bet he's done that all the time. 
Matthew, do you have any superstitions? No, because I'm quite susceptible to them. I think if I started to get superstitious, then I would just do every single game exactly the same and I'd start getting obsessed about it. So I try to mix things up a little bit so that I can't, I don't feel like I'm relying too much on what I'm doing. How many years did you do the hot dog mustard thing for then on the coat? Not for long. What did he do? He used to buy a hot dog. That was just a particular run of games where we had a good win after I dropped a bit of mustard on my coat from a hot dog. <laughs> so so the next it. game I, re- I replicated it. He bought a hot dog from the same stand outside the tunnel. This is exactly what I mean, though. As soon as I get into that mindset, it, it, where do you stop it? So we just throw mustard down. Yeah, he, del- the end, then. he well, deliberately dripped a bit of mustard yeah, down the same had patch to, yeah. on his coat. Yeah. <laughs> I go through the same turnstile and I try to wear the same trainers. I tend to open my bottle of Coke at about 76 minutes. It's just an OCD thing, isn't it? doesn't have any bearing on the game. Well, actually, it's more that I forget that I have it and then realise I need to drink it before we leave. At the 76 minute every game? About that, yeah. Half time, I always have, uh, my sister gets me a Capri Sun and uh, a Nestle Yorkie. Very nice. Raisin and Biscuit. Standard. They don't, they don't do Raisin and Biscuit at Elland Road. They're not. Which is a mess, really. Last one, Pascal Hester wants us to discuss cheese. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah. The cheese wedge. The apocalypse is happening, isn't it? We're talking about cheese. There's a lot to say about cheese. Do you hear about that um, French cheese factory that got, got knocked down? There's debris everywhere. <laughs> Insert tumbleweed. Um, I've got a full book of cheese jokes. I love not wi- cheese thankfully, jokes. not with you. Do you know what Steven Gerrard's favourite cheese is? This isn't, this isn't a joke. Oh. Melted. Yeah, that was his that that's what happened. <laughs> no. You what? Yeah. He was on Radio One like back when he was playing and they did like a one of those quick fire quizzes <laughs> with him. And they said to him, What's your favourite cheese? And he went, Melted. <laughs> Is he French? Yeah. He's a French scouser. <laughs> melted. Why did and the, now he's managing Rangers. Well, there we have it. Why did the uh, cheesemaker paint his wife twice? I don't know. Why did the I don't even remember the question. Why did the cheesemaker paint his wife twice? Because he double glossed her. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sending in your questions. I hope that... <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I hope that that has uh, helped you fill your void. What what cheese do you use to coax a bear out of a cave? Come on, bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is funnier than I thought. What, what cheese do you use to hide a small horse? Mascarpone. Yeah. <laughs> what did the cheese say to itself when it saw itself in the mirror? Halloumi. I think we've done this before. So we've got another cheese section on, in one of our podcasts. He, he wants us to talk about cheese. I like melted cheese. Liquid cheese, I'm, a, I'm all right with. Can you name a food that isn't improved with cheese? Ice cream. Are you sure? Yes. I was walking down the supermarket <laughs> the other day. Somebody threw a block of cheese at me. I thought, how dare he? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, James. Just, uh, why did I think something serious was going to come out of your mouth? I'm an idiot. Shall we wrap it up? What, what, what the cheese? The cheese? <laughs> Don't let it go hard. Uh, I thought that was a great feature. Do you hear about them? I thought it was a damn good cheese. So what are we going to do without football? Talk about cheese. Well, we're supposed to be, we're, we're recording this the Saturday night before our Cardiff game, which isn't now going to be our Cardiff game. We were going to go, well, 
James and Andy and I were going to go down to Cardiff. What are we doing instead, lads? We're getting together to do something else, something fun. Do you want to watch me do some work? No. Yeah, that's what I'm doing tomorrow, working. Uh, I'll probably be editing this, to be honest. I think I might go to the cinema. <laughs> what are you going to go see? Um, Apocalypse Now? No, I think I'm going to go and watch... Shaun of the Dead. days later. Dark Waters. It's not a joke, that's probably what I'm going to go and watch. What's it about? Um, What's the message? I'll tell you when I've been to see it. All right. Join us next week while Matthew gives us a film review on the Leeds That Podcast. Maybe we need to turn this into something else. Well, we've got some uh, some more content coming soon, haven't we? That's true. Who's coming on? David Weatherall. Yeah, we've got an interview with David Weatherall coming up. And we've we, and and the other thing that I'd like us to be able to do is to to raise some money and get our prize draw moving. Um, so tune in. We've got a, a podcast coming out shortly where we're going to go into a, a, a lot of detail about um, th- deeply personal matters um, where we're, we're hoping to get people on board with doing some fundraising in order to um, support two really good close causes that are close to our heart. So we'll leave it at that for this podcast and we'll be back very soon and I think we'll be coming in and out during uh, the ever-changing climate of, well, one, the world and, and two, football. We need your help. If you've got any other ideas of things to talk about, please tweet us at Leeds that. Yeah, or email anything just please get in touch yeah, and help. We just, just need anything <laughs>